Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Sober, which stands for Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. This is a podcast with the Wisconsin Voices for Recovery. My name is Monte Ball. I'm an outreach specialist with Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and joining me is my co-worker, my great friend, Jessica Geschke, who is also an outreach specialist as well. Jessica, I'll let you introduce yourself, and then I will get into introducing what this podcast is about. Hello, hello. Yes, it's Jessica Geschke. Um, as Monte said, I'm an outreach specialist with Wisconsin Voices for Recovery. I also identify as a person in long-term recovery, um, also a family member that's, um, I have family members affected with addiction as well. So, uh, Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. And of course, I, I, I forgot to mention that as well. I'm also somebody who identifies as someone who is in long-term recovery um, from alcohol. So this is a wonderful thing that we're doing. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. This is our first episode, and um, I want to get into what this podcast is all about. So what we have here is SOBER, which is an acronym that stands for Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. And what this is, this podcast is engaging podcast hosted by community outreach specialist and recovery activist Jessica and myself will focus on interviews with people within our communities, both locally and nationally, who are in recovery from substance use disorders, those that support a loved one in recovery or active addiction, those that work for an organization that provides support for those in recovery, and many, many more. Wisconsin Voices for Recovery is a peer-run movement that unites people in and seeking recovery, their families, helping professionals, and, of course, our allies. As a diverse coalition of recovery advocates, we serve as a statewide network to link services and support to those in need. So please, guys, tune in every last Friday of the month. Give us a listen and let us know what you think. Now, let's get into our first episode. Let's get into our guest, Mr. Kurt Stapleton. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Monty. That is awesome, man. It's so lovely to have you on, man. And uh, I want to give a quick little background of who Kurt Stapleton is so that our listeners understand. Um, Kurt Stapleton um, is a remarkable man, you guys. Remarkable, remarkable man. After losing his father to cancer in 2006, he's been searching for a way to help others battling the disease. He had been fighting a substance use disorder for 10 years and ultimately found his path to recovery while incarcerated. While in prison, he taught himself how to crochet and started donating hats and other items to church-run programs. Hard work, dedication to recovery, and perseverance drove him to be the best person he could be and not letting anything get in his way or bring him down. He refused to go back to the old ways that brought him down. So fast forward to 2018, a friend of his requested a soft hat for her cousin who was battling cancer and thus sparked the battle cap project. That is where the battle, pro- that is how the battle, pre- battle cap project <laughs> took form. Wow. <laughs> That's a mouthful right there, but uh, he found his calling and decided to create this free service for anyone fighting cancer. That is such a beautiful thing, Kurt. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about that, man. That is a remarkable thing. And uh, we're excited to have you on. Well, thank you for that uh, introduction. Um, I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about the Battle Cap Project real quick. Um, this is a free service that I provide for anybody battling cancer anywhere in the world. Um, 
you can go on the website and you can request uh, two different colors of your hat. And with that hat, I also put together a care package uh, that, that has, you know, some lip balm, uh, lotion, some sugar-free candy, ginger candy for nausea, pair of socks to keep your feet warm. And the best part is a handmade get well inspirational card. And this is absolutely free. These have been sent out to 22 different countries. Uh, I think about 47 states in America so far. I, I got three that I have to tackle. Uh, but uh, yeah, and right now I'm at uh, 1,135 hats made. Wow. <laughs> wow, man. That is some, that is remarkable, man. And, and, and really, man, the, the first question that I have for you is, is, you know, why, you know, what, what sparked that for you? I know that you. I know that you. Obviously, you started uh, crocheting while incarcerated. And then you had a friend of yours ask you um, for one of the hats. But what was the? You know, I want you to speak about you know you losing your father and how that was your driving force for it. Um, I know that that may be a difficult conversation, but uh, mm-hmm. the, you're doing some amazing things, man. And I want you to kind of you know shed some light on that and and you know where your passion you know started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, in, like I said, you said in, in uh, 2006, my father passed away. And uh, 2006 was a pivotal year for me. Um, I lost my father in April. And it, it, later on in that year, I decided uh, I needed a change, a life change. I was married and I had two kids and I was not happy. So I decided I needed to, I needed to move on and try to start over. And that required me leaving everything behind. And so I was, I was left with nothing. However, in that same, that same time frame, I just happened to meet my, my, my wife, you know, uh, been together with, for her with 15 years now. Uh, we, we, we just kind of connected uh, around that same time that I was making these, these very big life decisions. And it just, it's, it's exactly what I needed. She was the person I had been searching for for a very long time. Um, she was the one who, she helped me kind of see myself in a different light. She had uh, just, I don't know, she, she loved me for who I was. We had similar backgrounds. She understood me and she really forced me to open up and talk about my feelings and just talk about what was going on. So she, she really helped, you know, help me grow as a, a individual. Um, you know, and like you said, I, I uh, ended up going to prison and I taught myself how to crochet and I decided, you know, they had uh, programs where you just make stuff and then they, they give it back to the community. Uh, they just, you know, it felt good. It gave me a, a mm. sense of purpose, um, you know, doing something, something good in a, in a very dark place uh, that, that just made me feel pretty good. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And when, when my friend uh, reached out uh, and asked me for, to, to make her cousin a hat, when, when just making that hat in the, in the process of doing it, knowing it was going to, you know, maybe help somebody, you know, just, you know, with no hair, very, you know, sensitive skin, you know, maybe this was going to help a little bit after, after that, you know, I, I just kind of went on Facebook and, and projected it out into the universe, if you will, that, uh, you know, Hey, this is something I would like to do. And, you know, over the span of like just a couple of months, word of mouth got out and I started making, more hats and just seeing the, the, the people would share a picture with me, you know, they're, they're battling cancer, they're fighting for their life. And they just, they had to smile on their face for, even if it's for me, if it's just a short period of time, 
that was that was what I needed. Um, and the driving force behind this was I had taken so much from my community, from my family, from loved ones, friends. I, I stole, I lied. And this was my way of giving back, um, giving back into the, the, the community, into the universe and showing the world the real Kurt Stapleton. Like I'm not this, you know, cold hearted, lying, you know, stealing right. person. Like I really do have a good heart. And this is my way of, of proving it to not just the world, but to myself. Um, and the more, the more steam that got behind this, like it got, it was getting bigger and bigger, uh, the more passionate I got, you know, and then, um, my wife is the one who suggested making the, the care packages to go with the hat, you know, why, you know, let's, let's send more than just a, just a hat. Let's do a care package, you know, and then it just made me feel good to be able to do something very positive and, and make other people smile. So that is the driving force. Uh, and to this day, I, I still get that, that same feeling every time I make a hat, uh, you know, the people who fill out the request form, they have an opportunity to share part of their story, their cancer journey with me. And I, I read that if they do decide to share part of it, I read that. And that, you know, that, that inspires me to, to keep doing this, you know, how can mm-hmm. I do it better? Um, and it's just a, yeah, it's it, the driving force is the, the feeling I get when I'm, when I make these hats and I see the smiles on these people's faces, or they, they send a thank you through an email, you know, this, I was going for, through a very dark time and I was very depressed. And then I got this care package and I saw the hat and I saw this get well card that some kid made. It just made me very happy. Absolutely, man. That's, and, that's, yeah, that, that. See, the beauty about this stuff, man, is, is and this is why I, I love that we are doing this podcast. I love what you just shared because essentially what we're getting at here is, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, man. And, you know, you know, us folks in recovery, we understand that we have to continuously give, give out what we've learned throughout our journey, share the gifts of recovery, share uh, the the beautiful atmosphere of the recovery community and obviously or starting your own organization that is giving back to those who are struggling in silence with with cancer um is is stuff that's just remarkable man and 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 wonderful because that just goes to show you you know how much we care and how much we understand that others may be suffering in silence like we used to so yes. I, uh, that is such a great thing that you're doing, Kurt. We love it. That's why we love to have you on. Um, and I'm just excited that you're doing stuff like that because I can only imagine. I actually can't even imagine actually how <laughs> some of these people feel when they receive that cap from you, man. So, So if you will, please share with us maybe one or two stories of, of, or another uh, of, of some of the messages that you received. I know that mm. you just kind of shared a little bit of that, but you know, do you have sort of a favorite one? And I, and I hate saying favorite as if that makes all the <laughs> others, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I one that kind of blew you back, man. Um, so I just got one yesterday, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and this lady said for the last three and a half months, uh, she's been battling breast cancer. 
Um, it was a, a, and she just all of a sudden, like the last week, she felt this overwhelming sadness and unexpected depression. Like she has kind of reached her bottom. And, you know, she said uh, uh, she's been trying to be hopeful and thankful and, you know, and optimistic, but she's just feeling just depressed and sad. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, she, she wrote in her, her email, she said, I was just overwhelmed by this emotion and this depression. And she wanted to just cry throughout her, her treatment. And, uh, and it just, all of a sudden, one day she received the care package and she said, seeing the orange hat and the other treats, it really bring, it, it bring her some joy to know that there's countless others who have gone ahead of me and fighting and thriving the, the cancer fight. It lifted her up. And to know that somebody was out there doing this, you know, this, this project, just doing something to help lift the spirits and, and, and help people kind of smile and feel a little better. Uh, she was just incredibly thankful. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was just yesterday, you know, oh, I, I've had many, I get, I do get a lot of thank yous. Um, you, you know, a lady sent me a picture, uh, last week and she just, you know, a, a simple, I just want to say thank you for bringing a smile to my face and love in my heart. Uh, that's, that's perfect. Like and the, the smile on her face is when they, they send me a picture like that is priceless. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've made hats for, for, uh, I think 84 year old, uh, woman was the oldest one. And the youngest was for a seven month old little girl. Oh, wow. And I'm not going to lie to you, uh, making the, the, the hat for the little, the little kids, the, the babies, those are the ones that, uh, those are the hardest ones to make. They really That's are. Cause I have, a ch I have children, you know, I can't imagine what those parents are going through. Uh, so those, those are difficult to make. But, Absolutely, man. Yeah. That That's. That's that's that's. I'm so glad you shared that because that was I was going to ask that. Um, obviously, there there's there's so much joy that you know the receiving end receives. You know that being the individuals who was receiving the battle cat, they they are joyful for receiving it. But and and mm -hmm. also you receive the joy from their messages. But I know that there are some. You know, there's some sad parts to it, just like you mentioned, that being, you know, the the children, the babies mm -hmm. um, who are going through, you know, experiencing what they're experiencing. And that's just that's just tough, man. And I and I most definitely man, commend you for staying with it and, and, and continuously giving back because that is that is that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, that is what it's all about. So I want to transition here, man. Um, for those who may not, if we didn't mention it already, that is the Battle Cap Project, battlecapproject.com. Again, battlecapproject.com. Um, Mr. Stapleton, um, I want to jump into um, really what you're doing right now, man. I know that you are currently a certified peer support specialist with two nonprofit organizations in Madison, Wisconsin. You're working with people that have mental health and substance use disorders. So I want you to share a little bit about that, man. What, you know... What, how has that been for you? How has that been for you to help people who are struggling with, you know, substance use disorders? Um, and, and what kind of knowledge have you learned previously that is helping you okay. today to help them? Yeah, um, it, it has been life changing uh, to, to put it in its, its broadest form. It has, it has changed my life. Um, I remember when when i was in active addiction 
I didn't know anything about recovery or treatment mm-hmm. or or anything. I lived in I lived in Milton, Wisconsin. You know, there was nothing around. Nobody talked about it at all. So it was in it was just so unfamiliar for me. Um, and today, being in in Dane County and is what I consider one of the meccas of the recovery movement. Like this is the place to be. Like I'm learning so much. There's so many treatment centers and and the the peer support specialist movement is growing mm-hmm. and becoming more recognized. Um, to be able to to meet a person who is fresh out of the emergency room of an overdose and they're looking to just try to find something that that might help them and they have no idea where to turn and i'm 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 able to provide them with this resource and this resource and that resource and you know either they take it or they don't you know uh uh it's 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 just it's very rewarding when they do take that first step in recovery uh and sometimes that first step is just talking to somebody to talking to me about you know what they've been going through and experiencing um that uh, i mean i can't put it into words you you can't right. describe that feeling so absolutely and, and no, you're right you you most definitely can't it's it's um you know Jess Jessica and myself um you know at Wisconsin Voices for Recovery we obviously have conversations with with people who are suffering with substance use disorders etc and uh yeah there's there's so much there's so much that goes into it. You you have no idea where that individual is at in their recovery or or where they're at in their life. Um, so it's a very sensitive moment. You know mm. that first contact. Yep. yep. Very very sensitive moment. Um, you have to be very careful about the words that you use. Very careful about your approach, your demeanor, etc. Um, because of it being sensitive, and and they are in a very vulnerable state. Um, so, so Kurt, with, with the work that you do with the two nonprofits, um, you know, what are some of the things that you are, are, what are some of the things that you're hoping to see, uh, grow within Wisconsin, within the recovery community, within, just like you stated, you're starting to see the peer support specialist role become more mainstream media. More people are wanting to hop on board with that to give back, to help others Mm -hmm. in that realm. Is there anything else you were looking to see? Like, what is it you were looking to see to to kind of take off here in Wisconsin with that? Um, I would have to say, um, just the the getting the word out, um, advocating for peer support, uh, uh, letting people know that this is here. I work with people yeah. in Dane County who have never even heard about recovery coach or peer support. And when I, when I ask them, Hey, have you ever, have you heard about what this is? Or do you know what this is about? They have no clue. And I know there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about, but I think bringing it to the forefront, bringing it to news stations and to, to social media and, Mm -hmm. and letting people know that this is a thing and it's incredibly helpful. It's incredibly valuable. Letting you know, getting that word out there—that right now for me is my main focus. I want everyone to know about peer support and what it is, and how valuable it can be for other people uh, struggling in recovery. You know, they've tried everything else; nothing has seemed to work. 
this seems to be something that that helps those people. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've I've lived it with them. You know, they say, you know, I've tried treatment centers. I've tried AA. I've tried NA. I've tried everything. But this, you know, just having that person walking beside me and talking with me has been the best help I've, I could ever have received. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to bring that awareness to everybody. I want everyone to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think you nailed it right on the head right there where it's that exposure that we we need that exposure for recovery coaches and what recovery coaches do and peer support specialists and what peer support specialists do. We we need that exposure. We need that, you know, on a grand scale just to shout it out just so people can be aware of it. Um because it takes a community and most definitely most definitely does. So Kurt, you just mentioned it, you kind of touched on it right there with kind of some of the tools that uh, helped you um, along the way. I, I was literally, that was going to be my next kind of follow-up question for you, because I know that, you know, obviously while in, while you were incarcerated, you, you know, started crocheting and what have you. Um, if it's okay with you, man, can we kind of chat about what your next moves were, you know, after, um, you know, your incarceration period Mm -hmm. and what were some of those tools, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that helped, like, how did they help you? I love talking about this part because, um, this is my recovery journey, right? It's not anybody else's. So it's very special to me. Um, prior to, to going to prison, um, eight months before that is whenever I started to kind of do some work, uh, on my recovery, um, May 12th was the last day I, I used any substance. Uh, so I'm, I'm almost 12 years uh, in, in, you know, uh, recovery here. Um, I did some some outpatient treatments, you know, and it kind of helped a little. Uh, but when I was incarcerated, um, I was able to take the earned release program, which is a very intensive AODA treatment program in the prison system. And once you complete that, you can be released early from prison. Um, that was the, the bonus. A lot of people use that just to get out of prison early. I used it to learn and better myself. Um, I, I, in, while taking that program in, in prison, I read a lot of self-help books and right. uh, learned about meditation and, and read up on, on, on Buddhism and different uh, you know, different cultures. And I took bits and pieces that just really appealed to me. You know, I, I, I took some bits and pieces from AA meetings and, and the big, you know, the blue book and, and just adapted it to my own recovery and, and used it for myself. And I learned forgiveness. I learned how to forgive myself for the, the things that I did to others. And I, I forgave others who had hurt me. You know, I, I worked through the childhood traumas. Um, and that's what, really kind of got me over that hump. Like after I did that work in prison, when I had, when I got out, now I got, I have to use these tools that I learned, right? I got to utilize these things. And talking was, you know, the biggest thing, talking to my wife, she was, she was my peer support, uh, you know, and, and we didn't even realize it, but that's, she was my, my, my peer support. Like she, you know, made me open up and like, Hey, what's going on with you? what's happening, you know, and make me realize, okay, something's going on. What is it? So, you know, it it was very helpful having somebody Mm -hmm. with me, you know, kind of 
guiding me and, and getting me to kind of open up and, and look inside myself and be like, okay, what is going on? Uh, that was very helpful. And, and which, you know, that that's what I do today. Um, but, you know, using, using the tools that, that I learned, you know, uh, being pa- uh, trying to be patient, I'm, I'm not going to say that's easy, but it's very difficult for me. Uh, but using self-reflection, you know, playing that tape through your head, you know, if I do this, what's going to happen? Right. Having backup plans, you know, have five backup plans, you know, think of situations where you could get into, into, into trouble. What can you do for each of those situations, you know, and, and just, just have those backup plans. And that's what I tell a lot of people is be prepared for any surprises that you can think of mm. because the more prepared you are, the the, the better you're going to react in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you nailed know, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, using just having those tools and, you know, in everyday life, you know, after a while it's, it's just automatic. You know, if, if I see my trigger, you know, if I see a, a, a prescription bottle, that was my trigger. Um, you know, uh, I was, I was actively abusing uh, painkillers for 10 years. So seeing that pill bottle was my trigger. That was the biggest one. And I learned to quickly identify if I see that pill bottle, uh, you know, when I was arrested on the interstate, uh, I had eight rifles pointed at the back of my head because I was I was wanted for armed robbery. Uh, So that was the image. I see the pill bottle, that image of of being pulled over on the interstate with rifles pointed at my head and I'm going to prison. So I quickly correlated the, the three together. Like if I see this pill bottle, if I use I'm going to prison like. That's just that was my my greatest uh, uh, tool right there. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I think uh, you just you just shared some very important things right there. Uh, even going back to when you mentioned about meditation, I know that's obviously it's not for everybody, um, but mm-hmm. I I uh, I played around with meditation <laughs> for a little bit. Um, yeah. Just because it's so difficult, man. It's so difficult to try to clear your brain, clear your mind while you're sitting in some position, what have you, or standing, or even slowly walking. You can even meditate that way because it's that paradox in a sense. Ooh, I'm thinking about nothing. Oh, so that means I'm thinking about something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I had a lady teach me a very, a very good method to meditate. Um, you know, I didn't have to get into a certain position. It was just, you know, sit comfortably. Uh, and, and what she did was uh, close your eyes, let that thought come into your head, put that thought into canoe. Mm. And the canoe is sitting on the bank of the river. And just let, you know, think about that thought for just a second, just a couple of seconds, and then push it down the river. Okay. And slowly <laughs> And then slowly let the other thought come in, like you're slowing down your thoughts, you know, so they're not racing through your head, you right. know, and it just worked for me. And that's what I still use today. I use my canoe method. I put that thought in, in a canoe, <laughs> push it down the river, let it gently float away. And the other one, you know, I let the other one come in, like I let it come in. It just doesn't pop in. Like, okay, right. I'm ready for, you know, and, you know, and it helps just slow down the, the thoughts. So it's, you know, you're not, constantly thinking of, of, you know, several different things. I also, I was also just diagnosed with ADHD. So that, that kind of helped me understand, you know, like, okay, this is why I have a thousand thoughts going a minute, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. No, I, I, I wanted to touch on that because I mean, you, mm-hmm. you shared, you shared some great stuff right there. Um, cause I, I used, I tried the meditation and I tried the, I know there's a method where you put the, you know, like these. So what I did was I put like these little blue dot stickers like on my steering wheel or um, 
on my um, sun blinder thingy, whatever in my car. Uh, because the, that was supposed to, as soon as I would see it, I was supposed to remind myself to live in the now. Because obviously, when you're in the car, you're thinking about your destination. Yeah. Or when, okay. when, when you are in your home, I, I, I had it on my mirror, too, in my bathroom. Because obviously, when you wake up and you're about to shower, you're thinking about, you're thinking about what you're going to do after the shower. You're thinking about what you're going to do while you're getting dressed, before you get into the car, etc. So that focus of bring it all together, bring it to the now, you're living in the now. I like um, that. I like yeah, that. so that that helps me out. Um, and then I, I just love what you mentioned as well, man, about the tools. The tools. I, I speak on that heavily right now whenever I do my, my, my talks, and you, you nailed it with the each day, you know, you know, us in recovery, we, we got to continuously craft our tools. We got, we have to continuously craft the the stuff that helped us to get on this journey um, mm-hmm. and continuously be prepared for any sort of triggers that may, you know, uh, that we may face. And you mentioned it. You mentioned it with the prescription bottles where it's that that's your trigger. And so you've paired that thought or that feeling of seeing a seeing a prescription bottle with you know um, your experience with with police officers. Uh, yeah. So in a sense, I kind of like to view that entire little model right there as a tool that you that you've crafted to where when you see a pres- prescription bottle, it reminds you of a bad time. So mm-hmm. that helps you to stay on the direction that you're going because you're receiving so many gifts, so many joys from what you're doing, man. And I I think this is such a powerful conversation and. Uh, you're providing us with some some beautiful nuggets here, man. <laughs> beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love all of it. I think Jessica had a question. I believe she she kind of wanted to jump back to the Battle Cat project, man. Um, again, we're kind of jumping here and there, but I think this is the beauty about the podcast is it's a complete conversation. Yeah. That's the conversation that we're having, man. So Jess had a conver- or Jessica had a conver- uh, a question. Excuse me um, about that, and I'm going to let her kind of ask away. Sure, sure. I just didn't want to interrupt um, because we were going at such a great speed and it was such a great flow. So, um, but I was thinking about when you were talking, Kurt, um, about first of all, who makes the cards for the Battle um, Cat Project? Anybody and everybody. Um, so it, it really does range. What what I like to do is I'll go on Facebook on my on the Facebook page for Battle Cat Project and just just ask anybody who wants to make cards. Like I'm running low, I could use some more. I've had Girl Scout troops. I've had um, uh, different elementary school teachers had their classes make the cards, which those are the best. I love those. <laughs> I've had adults make them. You know, uh, like really crafty people make really mm-hmm. beautiful cards. You know, uh, everybody makes them. So it's it's not just one one person or another. My son and I just made a couple this weekend for, for the Battle Cat Project. We needed something to do, and we just made a couple of cards together. So it's really anybody who wants to. Awesome. Because I, I was thinking, you know, you said you made over 100 hats. I mean, 1,000, excuse me, hats in 22 mm-hmm. countries, 47 states. I mean, that's a whole heck of a lot of cards. And cards are such a personal gift, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a touch, like, and right now, and I was thinking about how you had stated um, that, you know, when people like with the two stories that you shared and people are getting these hats and, and they're calling and saying, you know, how um, depressed, right, that they might feel right now with having cancer. And I think 
had we not been in like we're not in a pan if we weren't in this pandemic and people were diagnosed with cancer um it might look a little different right pre-pandemic if you were diagnosed with cancer and you could have the family support and people could come over and bring you food and visit you and you know maybe go with you to chemo that would be one situation but right now we're in this this middle of this pandemic and we as frontline workers and boots on the ground workers, um, we can see what this pandemic is doing, you know, inside of our own little, you know, this opioid epidemic, we can see how this depression and anxiety and suicidal rates are skyrocketing um, because people don't like to be alone. And we have, you know, our meetings are being canceled and everything's moving online. And so I was just kind of correlating that to, if someone is diagnosed with cancer and then they can't have family come over and, you know, they're high risk because of their immune system and they're just sitting alone. And yeah, I could see why, you know, they would, they would become very depressed and like wondering what your thoughts were on that within, you know, the pandemic and how that's affecting people's mental health and, you know, and, and possible addiction issues. And if if there's any correlation there. It, it, it breaks my heart. It really does. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't noticed any any correlation between the two. Um, what I have seen, though, is a lot of people requesting hats for a friend, for a family member. Hey, I think this. She was just diagnosed with cancer. I think this would really pick up her spirits. Um, so I get a lot of requests from friends and family members, which is you know I love that. I really do. Um, people are thinking of their loved ones and, and just trying to find any way possible to, to make them smile and make them a little happier. So that's one thing I've noticed. And I, the orders have been coming in a lot these last two months. I've probably got 40 to 45 orders just sitting here, you know, waiting to be made. And I, I try to make, uh, at least two hats a day if I can. Um, but yeah, and the, the the depression, you know, that that stems over to people people, you know, uh, battling substance use disorder too. Like I have noticed a lot more people struggling with overdose addiction, uh, mental health too, because these people are are locked up in their home, like they can't go anywhere. Uh, so it's really taken a toll on just everybody. Uh, but the the mental health community, the people that are suffering with you know, the mental health disorders where they can't drive, they can't, uh, they can't go out into the community. They're just, they're stuck at home. And I work with these people every day. And I, I, I hate to say, but I watch them kind of suffer, you know? So when, when I'm doing a zoom meeting with somebody, like I'm trying to make them smile and just make their day. So we watch, you know, we'll watch YouTube videos of animals and, or zoo videos, you know, and just trying to, trying to find a way to brighten their day a little bit. So yeah, it, it, this, this pandemic is, uh, it's, it's hitting people very, very hard in many different ways. And I think one of the ways too, that I have seen you, um, make a huge difference. And I wanted to just kind of highlight that because I, I, I watch you and I just want you to know that I see you is with your, your food pantry. And I have seen the work that you are doing. And I, I just want to say that I, I am so proud of you and I am so thankful that you are there in your community. And I want you to talk a little bit about that because I know we've donated some Narcan to you and 
you've put that out um, and you've come back and said, hey, can I get more? Because people are just taking the Narcan. Um, and I know I saw hy V donated some food, like lots of food for this food pantry. We love hy V. They've got one of our uh, Nalox boxes in their, in their grocery store. Um, and like, I just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the work that you are doing with this food pantry. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I'm going to clarify and go on record and say, this is not my food pantry. This is my wife. She's, <laughs> and I'm, I'm 100% honest, she is the one who uh, makes this happen every single day. I break down boxes. I help stock when I can. Um, and the food pantry, it really started with, I was helping a gentleman uh, uh, in recovery. He was, he, was, uh, he was homeless for five years and he just got an apartment and he had nothing. So I went out on an social media and asked the community if they could get some stuff together for this guy and donate it. And they did. And we, we were overwhelmed with stuff. And the, and the gentleman is like, I can't use all this. Please just give it to somebody else. And so I brought, I brought a box of, of stuff home. And I, so I asked my wife, I'm like, what do you want to, what should we do with this? And she goes, I don't know, just, you know, put it out in the front lawn and, and just, you know, put a free sign on it. And uh, so we did that. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we saw more stuff was added to it. And so, you know, it just kind of, it kind of um, grew just out of, you know, out of the community using it, you know, our neighbors and uh, just, you know, people were, were coming by and taking what they needed and then using, uh, you know, they were asking like, hey, do you have any personal care products or toothpaste? And, and my wife just took off with it. Like she just started adding more stuff. She made it bigger. We, we, we got a, um, kind of like a bookshelf type thing that really solidified like this is a pantry. And then she took it over from there, like 100%. So she is, uh, you know, she works with uh, different people. We have a lady who um, anonymously donates uh, fresh produce every week, you know, fruits and vegetables every Friday, uh, right around 1030. So some, sometime pretty soon here, we'll be getting that delivery from Aldi. And, and that stuff is gone within minutes. Like they, people love the fresh produce. Um, we have a lady who, uh, she goes to Hy-Vee and she gets all the, um, the, the food that is like getting close to expiration date still has a couple of days on it. And she loads up her SUV and then she comes over to our house on Sunday night and we just put everything out. So we got all like, you know, if you go to hy V, they have the pre-made meals, the ready to eat meals. And we get all sorts of bread. We get like salsa, vegetables, uh, a lot of baked goods. So there's, you know, cupcakes out there sometimes and we just get all sorts of stuff. So it's not directly from hy V, but it is hy V. you know, it is from hy V. Um, and that's, you know, every Sunday night that gets delivered and that stuff is gone within a day or two. I mean, and it's a lot of food, but my wife is the one who is out there, you know, every morning, every afternoon, every evening in the cold, in the rain. Uh, she is the one who is doing that work and I don't want to take that credit because that is not mine, <laughs> but I do appreciate that. I do appreciate being able to talk about that. Um, the community every i would say on average we uh, we have about 30 people that use that every single day it's amazing amazing work so thank you thank you and tell your wife thank you too <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely i will kurt yes when do you, when when do you sleep man when when <laughs> when do you guys sleep um that, when do you take the cape off all right i do get that question a lot 
Um, so, and and, and I'll, I'll, let me give you a quick rundown of my day. I'm usually up by 5.30 in the morning, but at 5.30, I'm crocheting a hat. Uh, you know, uh, seven o'clock, I'm getting my son ready or my wife is getting our son ready to go to uh, uh, go to uh, school for virtual learning. And then I'm going to work by, you know, 830. I'm working till 430, uh, you know, and after that, uh, that's that's uh, with Chrysalis that I work for, you know, uh, peer support specialist. Then after that, I'm working, you know, with people through my safe communities. I'm working with people in recovery you know, on the phone or texting or talking to somebody from jail uh, about recovery and goals and all that stuff. And that usually, you know, that, that can vary on the times. It's not every single night, but for the most part, it's it's every night. Um, and, then, you know, in the meantime, I'm, I'm working on more hats and, and just trying to keep, uh, keep everything going, you know, playing with my son when I can. Um, you know, uh, when he goes to bed at, uh, seven 30, you know, that's my wife and I can sit down and have some adult conversation, if you will, or just, you mm-hmm. know, enjoy the peace and quiet. Um, it sounds chaotic, but it's, you know, we've balanced it out and, uh, we make it work for us. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the beauty about it is it sounds like you got yourself a great wife. You guys are a powerful team and you're giving back to the community. So you guys are, you guys are most definitely a force, um, a beautiful force uh, in your area. And just like just stated people in recovery, we're so thankful that you're doing that for others who uh, may be struggling with whatever it is they're struggling with, because that just, it kind of, it ratchet is up. It, 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 you just push it up there, man. The bar is set high. Wow. The bar is set super high. And uh, that's just a great thing about it. Just continuously giving back is uh, is what we need to continuously do, man. Yeah, and, exactly. And again, I just want to reiterate, it's that's called the BattleCapProject.com. Um, you were doing some beautiful stuff, man. Thank you. And the pantry is called the Prairie Road Pantry. Okay. Prairie Road Pantry. <laughs> pantry find it on facebook all right yeah. that's that's that that that's 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 yes uh, again i'm saying beautiful remarkable because this is what it's all about man this podcast sober stands for stories of badgers empowering recovery mm. you are a perfect example of that kurt wow. whether it, uh, you know if it's someone struggling with substance use disorder you're helping there if it's someone struggling or experiencing, I should say, experiencing homelessness, you're helping there as well. So you're helping in all just facets of life. Uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing, man. And it's such an honor to speak with you on this podcast. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and thank you again for the opportunity to to be the, the first guest on this podcast. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> the first one. But it's yeah, we 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 wanted to do this uh Obviously, you know, with Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, we want to start having these conversations. And obviously, and we, we want to, you know, for you to get some exposure. We want for people to see all the work that people are doing out there in the community. And then you brought up a good conversation, a good topic about how we need to create more exposure of, you know, what a recovery coach is, what a peer support specialist is. Um, where can you get, uh, you know, fill out a, an application to become one or, or training seminar, et cetera. So it's, it's, this is what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't get here uh, by myself. I will say that I had some very incredible, very in, inspirational people 
work with me and and help guide me to to where I am today. And without them, uh, there is no way that I would be doing this work. So mm. for those you know who are listening, uh, I, I think you know who you are because I tell you all the time. I appreciate you coming into my life and and working with me and guiding me. So thank you everyone for for helping me get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, you you've covered it all. You covered it all in from myself. I am so thankful that you hopped on. The entire team at Wisconsin Voices for Recovery is so grateful that you've hopped on. Uh, and Jess, I'll let you share a little few words if you got them, and uh, we'll let Mr. Kurt Stapleton um, get on with his day. Oh, yeah. Just thank you so much, Kurt. Um, we we really do appreciate you. Uh, we, we're big fans of you and your work, and we've been watching you from afar. And so I'm just really, really excited to have you here and, and yeah, and to join us, like uh, Monty said. So thank you so much. And we're just really grateful for you. Yes. So again, Sober Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. You guys can tune in every last Friday of the month where we will be uploading the episode. Um, Kurt, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you for being our first guest, and uh, you crushed it, man. You crushed it. Thank you. You you are so welcome, and I am very humbled to be here. Yes, sir. Well, you take care of yourself, and uh, we'll be in touch shortly, okay? All right. Have a great day, everyone. Yep. Thank you very much.